This episode of Smart Enough to Know Better contains explicit language, including fudge, shoot, and in the hole with a 12-inch Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 177 of Smart Enough to Know Better, where a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. I'm Greg Wah. I'm Dan Beeston. And in this episode of Smart Enough to Know Better, we've got a big job starting on the Pacific Rim. We call that a Pacific. <laughs> Welcome to Humanity, the Embiggening. But before we get there, Gregoire, what happened to you this week in science? As the listeners may know, I am not one for for chefing, for cooking. Uh, I, I, I d- Your favourite meal is ingredients. <laughs> as, as I always try and point out, I follow the 80-20 rule, which is I can do 20% of the work of preparation and get 80% of the enjoyment of you lunatics who spend hours making things. That's my take on it. Please don't at me on that one. I realise how much this must prey on my friends and family. People, it must, They must lie in bed at night worrying about it or thinking about it, especially especially my mother, the Ma Revoir. She decided that I needed an, an air fryer and... <laughs> <laughs> so she she contacts me and oh, i'm gonna buy you this thing i'm very excited by it. i bought one for your auntie and i was like all right sure so this air fryer turns up and it's just very nice for it and i thank you very much to my to my yeah, mater a gift is a gift a, it's a lot and, it was, and it's very lovely very thoughtful so i've been sort of going online and looking how to air fry things people don't know an air fryer is just a a grill that sits in a box you put on your desktop and you it cooks things by heating it with hot air. It fries it's it with air. Basically, a tiny oven that looks like a popcorn machine. That's right. Yes, it's and it's one of those modern devices, and it's been sort of fun to use. Some people love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, and I'm yeah. fine. I, I realise I've put on weight in the last two weeks because I'm eating a lot more carbs than I normally do, like potatoes and things, because they're the easiest ones to do. So, but it's, it's been fun, and I'm not against it. And it's much easier to grill things or fry things in it, and it's healthier and blah blah blah. It's it's fun. a little bit better for the environment too. I think it uses oh. a lot less power than an oven. Oh, good, so excellent. If you're good. gonna if you're gonna bake some potatoes, get a, like a tiny oven or a tiny air fryer. Don't buy a big oven just for that. But most people already have an oven. Yes. So if you're if, if you're then buying and running two devices to do your stuff, then there might be some trade-offs for I the environment. I have not switched my oven on in this house for over a year, and the last time I did was to bake clay for my miniatures. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. So, I so ultimately, giving you an air fryer. Worse for the environment. Actually, I'm using it more. now you're frying things. Yes, that's right. Cooking things. Indeed. Not just like digging them out of the ground and eating them like a chimp. Which is what I do with my lettuce and spinach that I grow on my veranda. It's the best. I literally (laughs) walk outside, yank them out of the ground, wash them with water, and then put them in my mouth. It's the best. Anyway, the point of this is I had this air fryer, and I was looking (laughs) online for lots of interesting ways of using it, and and that leads you down rabbit holes. And the thing I kept finding was fresh vegetables. It's better this way. You eat things fresh and fresh is best now on the podcast we've talked before how actually canning is not a bad thing anymore canning is it's great great. it it locks in the freshness it locks in the nutrients it it doesn't give you mercury poisoning it's good it's actually really really good frozen peas and stuff frozen veggies in the like in the plastic bag freezing it weirdly enough locks the nutrients in (laughs) strangely enough but people say well actually actually and they tip their fedora at each other or their trilby 
they say, well, actually, the fresh vegetables that you're eating are a problem if you buy them from a shop. You've got to grow them yourself because in the last 100 years... I don't think that's the fedora people. Isn't it? Not the fedora people? I, okay. I think that's the fisherman pants people. Okay, right. <laughs> Fair enough. Like they're, those are, they're different people. Okay, the oh, fedora right, okay. people eat a lot of deep fried shit. I think. <laughs> that's mean, but also probably very true. The fun thing is that the fedora people are a straw man because no one wears fedoras anymore. No, and no, if no. they are, they're making some bold statement about not being the sort of person who wears a fedora and it'd, being allowed to wear one anyway. It'd be it'd be like wearing a Hitler moustache and telling everyone that it's a Charlie Chaplin moustache. It's, it's a like Chaplin moustache. No, it's not. It's a Hitler moustache. You don't get to reclaim that. I reckon there's got to be a point where we can reclaim that moustache. I think I think there will be, but I don't think it's within living memory of people who went through the Holocaust. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. I think. So what you're saying is we should kill all those people no, who still remember you, the Holocaust. Why are you? We should round them all. Up, put him in a camp. Jesus, Dan, no. That is not what I'm. Wow, that's not even. Oh, stop it. Why are you. Uh, Dan likes to. He's pushing the edges again, everyone. Uh, there's lots of talk about how the vegetables that you buy from a big agribusiness actually have lost nutrition. 90% of their nutritional value lost over the last 100 years. This is a big thing. And so you've got to grow it yourself and you've got to put your own poop in the ground. Actually, don't use your own poop, but you know, you've got to do it all yourself. Otherwise, when you're eating the vegetables from stores, even fresh, you're actually doing a, a, a hate crime. Oh, I see. Because of the because they're trying to breed for maximum yield and yeah. making them pretty looking. Yeah, that's right. So and the strawberries look like an apple that tastes like a pear, and they have no nutrition or very little nutritional value. And uh-huh. I was intrigued by this because I've heard this before. I never really looked into it, so I decided. Well, I'm going to look into it now. Seeing I'm now a man who air fries fresh vegetables. <laughs> You're ready for a three star Michelin restaurant, Mister Wild. I could do that. I could definitely do that. That's a whole different thing. I found some research, which hmm, is interesting on this front. So the idea is between like 1900s and today, we've lost 90% of the nutrients. And what they mean by nutrients is actually things like magnesium and iron. So th- these, these minerals, these trace minerals that you need to live. That's what they're sort of mm-hmm. basing this on. And even as, as early, even as recently as 2018, there was a study that showed this. That there was a you know drop off here. So let me let me just show Dan. So have a look at that graph, Dan. So Jesus, look at that. Can you can you please describe what you're seeing? You don't have to not not like just yeah, just describe what you're seeing there. In a hundred years ago, there's like a little dot at the top of this graph, and it's like so much magnesium and stuff. I don't know what he's the nutrients. The yes, the yep. The, so many nutrients, so many nutrients. And then it sort of goes down in 1947, it's a bit lower. And then by 1992, it's like a flat lining across the bottom. And now it's just, it's, it's, there's nothing. There's like, there's, it's, it's like 10 rather than 400 yeah. on the graph. That's pretty scary, isn't it? You look at that and That's you go, pretty bad. That's, that's pretty, pretty bad. I mean, yep. magnesium, if magnesium's coming out of the soil into your plants and then people are eating the magnesium, doesn't that mean that the soil has no magnesium left in it? Maybe. Are we, like, are we running out of magnesium? And iron? Is there no iron? iron? Even though I live in Western Australia where they literally just dig up dirt and send the, iron, the dirt to China for iron. Well, maybe. Well, that's because there's no plants growing on because it's all fucking desert, isn't it? <laughs> the plants aren't stealing our iron that's that we right. need for crockery and <laughs> irons and. What else can you see there? Like, look at the line. Look, look at the some of the points. This, are all the points the same? Or, or they, uh, do they have they're a little... all circles. They're all little tiny circles. And but some of them have something um, else on them. 
the graph is going up at the right speed. It's got a, it's got like it's a go 0 100 200 300 yep. 400 at the right. It's not starting at the wrong point. No, no. But look uh, at the, the what I mean the is dates on the dates seem right. One of the points themselves. Look at the points themselves. The points. Some of them Two have of the, something different about the, them. The two first points have a little asterisk. There you on go. Them. And then, and then the first one to be really low has a little asterisk on it. So asterisk, no asterisk, just goes. These these ones are definitely real. These are definitely. <laughs> that's what the asterisk means. Aha! Uh-huh. Now that's that was my thought as well. What are these asterisks? And uh, in fact, well, I'm going to say that this idea was given to me by an, another researcher. So I didn't I didn't come up with it all by myself here, but I did the research like this person did the research to find it myself. So those asterisks mean data is. Maybe invalid. Uh, possibly made up. Possibly made up. So the 1992 one, they're mm. not too sure about if it's actually 100%. And the 1941, and by the way, this will all be in the show notes. The 1941, not too sure. The 1914 one, which started at 400, there was no mm. research whatsoever that was based on a book that someone said, oh, plants have this much magnesium and iron in them. And, when, and there's no backing up on it whatsoever. So no, they just made up a number and they put it in. And that's what we're basing it on. So when you look at that graph and you take out all the data points that don't have real data, what you get is a flat line with a spike at 1948 where it seemed to be very high and then back to normal. And it's been the same since we've checked in 1992. Big difference between 1948 and 1992, by the way. So honestly, when you look at... We'd have to get like an actual graphician, uh, <laughs> mathematician... Statistician? Stats, thank you. Dr. Sam or someone that could come in and explain it better than I can. But this graph means nothing. It really doesn't mean what they're saying it means. You can't base, oh, we've lost 90% of all nutrients on this graph. You just can't. And this is the graph that everyone uses. So I don't think we have lost lots of nutrients in our, in our fresh vegetables. I think that it's bad science made to look like nice science. You can lie with a graph really easily and make people think the wrong idea. I would even go so far as to say that, that you can have too much iron and magnesium in your vegetables. You probably can. Like, if you if you can pick them up with a magnet, that's too much <laughs> iron in your carrots. The people with hemochromatosis, they probably don't want to have too much iron in their food because yeah, they... Yeah. They, they, there you go. But I, like, I, I don't think is, it's changed Is that everyone much. who eats vegetables lacking in iron and magnesium? Well, you, it's, I think it's where you kind of... You get it from your food. This is what you need. To, you, get yeah. these, you need these trace elements from yeah. your food. So if you've got like seven times as much iron and magnesium in there, you're just going to pee out a lot more iron and magnesium. A big bar. It'll make going to the toilet really uncomfortable. <laughs> just drops. It'll be like a, a, an, an extruder, like a Twisties extruder. <laughs> Hey, you know, cheese puffs, how they how they don't heat them, they don't cook them, they just extrude them through a thing and the friction heats them up so much that's that true. they cook. Yep. Hey, uh, so that's what that's what your penis would be like. Would you like to or come urethra? Or urethra? A lady, you... Ladies don't have penises. We worked out only a couple of episodes ago. Well, some some ladies do have penises. Oh, god damn it. That's right. We worked that out a couple of episodes before that. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> anyway, so Yes, don't panic about your nutritional vegetables losing their nutrition. The science does not seem to back this up. It actually seems to be just fine. Eat healthy vegetables. What does Dr. Carl say? Eat food, mainly vegetables. Do it all in moderation. Mainly green vegetables. Mainly, yeah, that's right. So there you go. Now, you had a week in science as well, Dan, I've heard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a headache last night. I hate headaches. I can deal with a very hard massage. Like, I'm pretty resilient. Mm. If I stub my toe, I don't fall to pieces. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, oh, oh, my goodness, I am in quite a bit of pain. <laughs> but a headache, you can't get away from a headache, Greg. They're mm. right there. 
And so you know what causes a headache? I check Google and it tells me in 95% of cases, headaches are caused by inoperable brain cancer. <laughs> Uh, so you'll be pleased to know the algorithm works. Good, excellent, good. Yeah. And when I checked in incognito, incognito mode, it tells me the headaches are much more likely to be migraines, dehydration, <laughs> or tension headaches. Oh my goodness! Now I've probably got a tension headache mm-hmm. due to lying awkwardly in bed playing Zelda on my Nintendo Switch. Tension headaches account for ninety percent of headaches. So the brain itself can't feel pain. No. It can't feel anything. Can't feel except th- obviously. Feeling it can't feel it can't feel love it can't feel hate it can't feel anything it's wonderful that's that's no 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 you've the, mis, you've misinterpreted the, what the, I what the I brain can definitely feel love it, all human that's it, just it, it's it's it, all a lie it, thank you Dan what, moving on then what, what, all love what, is a lie thank you Dan what I'm, what I'm saying is that if you poke a brain it won't feel it and if you inflict physical pain on a brain them all. pokey poke poke oh, God. poke <laughs> Good, good, overripe. <laughs> so if you inflict physical pain on a brain, it can't feel that either. Hang on. you Wait, wait. What you're saying is if you damage a brain, it can't have the experience of pain. You can damage, you, can, you can't inflict pain on a brain no matter what you do, even if you push your thumb through it. Yeah, if you push your thumb into a brain, yep. it can neither feel it nor feel pain. And, and so all you'll do is just ruin... Perfectly good brain. Or, hmm? or like ruin... A concerto, or forget your mother's yep. name, or learn yep. how to forget how to use your left hand side of your body, but you won't go. Oh, that real hurt, or your heart muscle, sure, because that'll be in there somewhere too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say though, I'm going to guess that that's really deep in the brain. Like it's not just sitting on the outskirts. You have to really get your thumb in there and like squish it round to get rid of all your autonomous functions. That's going to oh, be better. Be un- It'd be, it'll be near the stem, I reckon. Yeah, it'll yeah, be near yeah. The bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next to the lizard bit. If you've ever stuck your thumb into a brain, let us know. Yeah, Rose. How to paint? <laughs> no, sorry, Rose. Our our friend who is the morgue attendant. Oh, Rose. I'm, oh, I'm not going to. Sorry, that's a terrible thing to say, and I'm sure she she treats all brains with respect. Blah blah blah. I'm sure she's only ever stuck her thumb into someone's brain accidentally. That's it's true. It's picking you up. Ah, oh, my thumbs went in. Look, I'm bowling. <laughs> hey, that's not okay. Okay, sorry. I'll just put that back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we know that humans can't feel love, and this is scientifically proven. Okay. But go on. It's not okay. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So the scalp. Eyes and other cranial muscles and organs do feel pain, mm. which is described in the literature as exquisite. Oh, yes. oh exquisite. Oh, la, la, la. I just I got a little shiver. I just actually did. Oh. <laughs> oh, there's nothing like a bit of exquisite pain. Maybe I'm revealing too much now. You've been revealing too much since the beginning of the podcast because of those that leather gimp suit. <laughs> <laughs> But but the nipples are showing, and so therefore... Yeah, that's what I mean. That's where it's revealing. <laughs> that's right. And we can't, I mean, it's why we can't show it on the podcast, because you can't show a nipple. It's very naughty. The algorithm yes. will destroy us. Okay. So, uh, so when you've got a, a headache, it is caused by irritation of the structures in the face and head Ooh. using mechanical, chemical, or inflammatory mechanisms. Mm. Now, mechanical is easy. Trauma. If you get banged in the head, there's damage. That hurts. Yeah. Okay, this includes whiplash and head strike. Head strike. Head that's, strike. That's when you're that's trying what... to, a plane is trying to take off and all the heads are on the runway and they all leap up at the same time and go into the engine. And, no, the, and the pilot's no, no, like, no, no, no. we're going to have to turn back uh, to Brooklyn no, now because we just went through not. a head strike. 
No, that's not what happens. Really. That's when that's when Rose is trying to bowl, and <laughs> that's what she's trying to get. It's when she's bowling with a seven ten split. Seven. Oh god. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, this also includes dehydration. When the brain dehydrates, it shrinks and pulls away from the skull. The nerves around the skull get pulled on as a gentle reminder to imbibe life-giving water. <laughs> I love the fact humans had to evolve a structure that would remind them painfully not to be a dumbass and drink the one thing you need to live. Well, that and food, I guess. But it's like, hey, idiot, you know that thing you need all the time to live? Get more of that. Like, oh, thanks. We could... We could do with a lot more instinctual reminders not to be a dumbass. We do not have enough of those. I love the idea that we'll evolve a thing soon where if you leave your house without a mask, you, you get a feeling that someone's kicked you in the butt. <laughs> oh, God! Put your mask on, moron. Anyway. Or at least a vibrating on your face, like phantom phone. Oh, yeah. That phantom phone yeah. sensation. Yeah. Interesting. The inflammatory reaction is just like any other inflammation. Any bruise is tender. Mumps is unpleasant. Mm. <laughs> inflammation opens up the blood capillaries to get more white blood cells to a location to heal. It also stimulates pain sensors to prevent extra mechanical dam damage while repairing. And finally, chemical relates to the nerves doing weird things when weird chemicals are involved. Mm. So a lot of these signals in the body are about a chemical hitting a bit of it and doing something. Mm. Uh, and that is why capsicum peppers feel hot. They're not hot, but our nerve cells get confused and send out the signal, this is hot. Mm. Literally hot. About Literally hot. That's the thing. I've read that recently. The receptors in your tongue and in your skin it go, oh, we're on fire. It, and it jumps. It, doesn't, it, didn't, it gets confused because it doesn't go gradual. It's not like uh, warm, warmer, hot, warmer, warmer, warmer. Oh, God, hot. It's just suddenly you get hit with you're on fire. And that, that's really confusing and upsetting for the brain. Uh, it's such a mm. weird idea that, that we have yeah, this. Because the thing is, the, the brain doesn't know what hot is. It has to be translated by the nerves. Mm. Mm -hmm. And if the, So all the brain hears is the nerves. And if the nerves are saying the same thing as hot, when it's capsicum, yep. then all it knows is hot. Yeah, it goes, oh, God, we must be on fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so, it's such a weird, mm. it's, it's obviously a, not what we were designed to do, you know, to stop you from burning, but it's been hijacked. Not, not, not how we were designed to be by a clever God. A benevolent, a benevolent and loving benevolent father and loving patriarch. God, yeah, that's right. Who is like, you know what? Capsicum. I'm going to make it feel like they're on fire. <laughs> I love the idea that God was up there and people are like, oh, how's it going, kids? He was like, you suck, God. He's like, oh, do I now? Do I have some capsicum? I was like, oh, God. Like, yep. And then, yeah, then that, that's, that, that's what the actual fruit was in the Garden of Eden. He's <laughs> like, oh, don't eat that. Don't eat that. Don't eat that. You become real clever. Yeah. He's like, well, you ate it. What did you learn? He's like, it's fucking hot. <laughs> it's really hot. Yeah, it's really now get out of my garden. Can get I, out of my garden. Can I have some milk to wash it down? Take, Yo, get out. <laughs> get out. You're not even going to be able to digest milk for about 4,000 years. That's right. I'm going to take that away from you. Woof, <laughs> gone. Oh, I've just shot myself. Welcome to, welcome to knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> People, you've got to wonder. Here's, I guess it's a very big tangent here. What I don't get about all this stuff with, if you believe this sort of stuff, do you, are you worshipping out of fear at this point? 
but short part of you would maybe go look we should just get an army together and find heaven and kick his ass because that's what humans are really good at we're really good at you know destroying people who are nasty to us or we don't like i just find it really odd that people go yeah we should worship that guy but anyway yeah (laughs) like it's just it's really all these douchey old testament god stuff that happens you just go should we just kill him (laughs) i'm amazed it wasn't yeah we 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 need to stop this happening yeah he turned someone to salt yeah (laughs) that's right we're gonna figure out how to do that we're gonna turn him to salt (laughs) well what we're gonna do what we'll do is we will train people up psychically and you know get them not as in not like psychic powers but as in get their their psychology good and get their bodies amazing and train them up and then we'll we will quickly gas them so they die really quickly and then we'll storm the gates of heaven with all these amazing soldiers <laughs> suicide squads go and all of the wives and children are at home and it's a dark night and they're not sure what's happening and there's a knock at the door and the door opens and they go oh my god the message they've sent a messenger back nietzsche Tell us what happened. <laughs> we should write this. This is a story. This is a thing. Why are we doing? It's giving us away for free. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what, what was I talking about? Jalapeno peppers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chemicals. Chemicals in the brain. Oh, yeah, on some fire. Theories, That's some, right. Yeah, some, some theories about migraines are that the body is sending the wrong chemical to the wrong spot. Mm. And well, the body's like, but pain, pain's coming in. Mm. Uh, no one really knows yet. Migraines are a mystery box. Yeah. Migraines freak me out. I know people who have them have painful migraines. I know people who have no pain migraines. So they just get all the, the uh, like the visual distortions and things. And I've never experienced anything like it. It just fascinates me that, yeah, I just don't get it. I, I, I have no frame of reference for it. Oh, you don't even get headaches, I, do you? I don't. It's, I know it's a joke, but I don't. And I don't know why. Uh, I mean, look, ten percent of people just don't get headaches. Yeah, and I'm just well. My mother told me I don't know if this is abuse or not. I thought I had a headache, and I went, "Oh, mom, I've got a headache." And my mom turned and looked at me with a quizzical look and went, "Oh, that's really odd because kids can't get headaches." And I went, "Oh," <laughs> and left. I wonder if she thought that was true. Oh, maybe, maybe. She's a manipulative woman. But she would be dumb too. She's just a human. Yes. So I, and, and so what's, and that's a fine story. And you think, well, that wouldn't stop you getting headaches. I don't get, I don't get headaches. I don't understand headaches. I don't. Ten percent of people don't get headaches. There you go. And okay. I think they're the luckiest people in the world. Yeah. I, and but then yeah. you, you don't sleep well sometimes. I don't sleep well. No, no, I don't sleep. So e- I, I wonder. <laughs> I, I wonder if some if a genie came down and said, "Okay, you can sleep well, but you're going to get headaches quite a lot." How whether you, like after a couple of months you'd be like, "Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm I'll switch back." Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. It's it's like like I'm colorblind. Would you like to have color vision? I'm like I don't I don't know how to answer that. I don't. Oh, no one gives a shit about that. You can do anything with values. You don't need. Yeah, to yeah, and it's not. It, so I don't. It doesn't matter to me. It'd be good to fix. Fix everything. I'm a big one for fixing stuff. I don't see it as a superpower or my culture or something to not get headaches or sleeping badly or something. Oh, anyway. I would quite like my penis to stop making twisties. Yeah, that's I true. Twisties. That's, yeah. That would be great. Yeah. But, you know, we don't live in a perfect world. <laughs> Drink water, Dan. That's where you're getting your headaches from. Drink some more water, for God's sake. Okay, so that's not my problem. My problem here is a tension headache, mm. uh, which, weirdly enough, turns out to be chemical. 
Because human beings are at their best when they're moving. Mm. They're finding berries and catching the gazelles and making love. Maybe I should pause between those two concepts. At any rate, uh, <laughs> they're not supposed to sit in a chair for nine hours a day or lie on their bed completing shrines and collecting heart containers. Muscles that don't move become tense and static. Mm. Less blood gets into them and thus less blood comes out the other end. The waste chemicals that are created by what little movement the muscles are doing get trapped amongst the muscles and the nerves react to the chemicals they are suddenly surrounded with. These nerves in the neck send pain, but the brain gets confused and misunderstands them as coming from the face, or in my case, like just above my orbital socket. Oof. So I guess the upshot of this is if you is that you should massage your neck to stop the pain from behind your eyeball. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. I once had a terrible... I used to have um, a very bad back, all twisted up, and my and when I went to a physiotherapist, and they and she was sort of worked on my shoulder and down my down my scapula, and was like, yeah, it's really tense and weird, and she sort of worked on these areas and told me to do these exercises, and it would make it slightly better, but not great. And then when I went back again, because you go back a few times, and she was like, well, try lower down, and they they poked and prodded, and, and then she finally went, oh, I know what it is, and she went, lie on your front, and then she stuck her thumb into the joint between my leg and my crotch, basically, and. It was. How much you pay for no, that? No, no, no. Like, don't be like that. And it was excruciating. It, it was exquisite pain. It, it was. It was. <laughs> right. It was exquisite. And she went there. It is because I almost jumped off the bed and <laughs> almost punched her out. Like, well, I'll get you. And and it was all down there. And it was transferred pain, locking everything up. And then when she worked on that area and managed to sort of get all that sort of worked out, my back was not perfect, but a lot better. That. Was that transfer? Because there is a lot of transferred pain in muscles, but there's also muscles that feel like that are tight at one end because there's well, a muscle on the other yes, end. Yes, they're overcompensating. Maybe I'm using the wrong term there, but they're mm. overcompensating because everything had locked up in my girdle area. My back was having to overcompensate to keep me upright. And I'm guessing that will happen. Maybe that's what you're saying with the neck is you, you've got something wrong with your neck and therefore the muscles in your head are like, oh, my Lord, and trying to keep your forehead from hitting the ground or something. Yeah, but in this case, I think it's referred pain oh, okay. rather than referred muscle pulling, because it's not it's it's not so much the muscle pulling; it's the muscle creating toxins. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Toxins, yep. uh, waste, waste. Yes, not toxins. We don't use toxins on this program. Nah, nah. <laughs> Liver takes care of them. Yep, it's just great. It's what it's designed for. Yeah, but but never. There is God. one other type. <laughs> there is one other type of headache, and it's called a thunderclap headache. Oh. Where you're just like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Boom, boom, And you suddenly got a searing headache. Really? Yeah, go to the hospital. That's a stroke. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, um, okay. Humans, you're just so weirdly breakable. You made us. <laughs> no, no, no. I just know the guy who did. <laughs> uh, may, may his soul rest in peace. <laughs> Not sure where, but... <laughs> In pieces. <laughs> Daniel J.J. J.J. Beeston. You... That's mostly my name. You are a great ape. Thank you. That's all right. And when you think of great apes, when you think of the Homo sapiens sapiens, what are our defining characters? What makes us different to other animals? Uh, well, firstly, we're, we're wise. We are wise. And secondly... We're wise. We are very wise. We're double wise. 
different. Well, uh, you, most animals, when they're on Zoom or <laughs> FaceTime or something, where if they see a spot on <laughs> the image on their nose, yes. they they won't they won't realise it's on their own mm, nose. Mm. But we do. We did. Yes, yes, we did. And indeed, did before the podcast <laughs> we, happened, and we were so excited. <laughs> And we were, oh my God, we were, we started throwing poop around. It was amazing. Um, the thing that we have self-awareness. That's, that's one. That's very true that yes, we are, we seem to be self-aware that we are, we are a, a viewer uh, in the universe, not just passive. Our big thing is that we share information through time using language yeah. and speech yeah. and letters and stuff. Absolutely. Like we get, like I can share information with another person from my species by writing down a bunch of weird little squiggles and then sending that through electricity and then it turning into squiggles at the other end and they read it and then the same thing pops into their head that was in my head. Yes. Um, and actually, weirdly enough, this is a story that I, this is not the same story, but I was a story I was going to do and just never got around to doing it, saying how humans are evolving faster, but not through genetics, but through mimetics, basically, where we, we now pass information that leads to... Not enough people are dying. No, no, no. It's not, it's not, it's not him dying. It's, it's the... like for, for, genetic, for genetic stuff, we need to only keep the healthy people alive. So well, is what you're saying Saying, Greg, that we need to put all the unhealthy no, people no, into no, a no, no, I'm not. No, no, no. So uh, this, this, this is a side note on my story because this is another story I was going to do, but decided there wasn't enough to it. But I've joined up to this story now. But humans, when we pass down our genetics, that, that's a slow process because humans live. You, know, you have like 20 year cycles of generations. It's a long time. Yep. Uh, yep. Unlike yep. viruses, that can do it really quickly, and you suddenly get deltas and lambdas and other exciting strains. Mm. So we take whereas memes come out every week. They can, and we can actually pass yeah. an information. You see the one with Bill Murray at the end. In the, the Bill Murray's the fourth person in the picture, and you got to figure out who Bill Murray is. It's pretty good. I hate that. I hate that. I don't know what you're talking about, but we actually now are evolving very quickly, according to some researchers and at the University of Maine saying, and this is a sort of a kind of similar to Dawkins' idea of memes, that, that sort of memes, not sort of jokey memes, but memes, passing information to someone else can lead to genetic changes. So, for example, the one they talk about is we didn't drink milk. And then we sat, we, you kind of have to, and some people would survive it, and some people would poop themselves to death, and some people would just feel uncomfortable. But over time, mm-hmm. now we have a genetic change due to our drinking of milk. But that was a cultural change that led to a genetic change. And this can be seen, according to the researchers, in the fact that not all humans have the same level of lactose uh, tolerance. In fact, more Westerners have a higher lactose tolerance than uh, people from Eastern areas of the planet, Eastern, Western, East terms. Uh, Is that because they keep forcing themselves to drink milk and the, the, pe- the Eastern people are not well, I, the, are just not drinking well, it just, and not well, realizing uh, that they're going to poop themselves? Well, back in the day, milk was in Europe maybe was just one of the high energy things that if you drank it, you lived. And the, the mm. Asian people didn't need to do that. They had maybe had more abundance of food. That I don't know. But it, so a cultural change, a mimetic change led to a genetic change, which is really interesting. Mm. So culture can actually lead to genetics. That, was, that wasn't my story, though. That was a side story. <laughs> Side story! We're reinventing the podcast at every moment. We are, we are, we are on the vanguard of, of crazy stuff. Humans, are, we pass information. We have opposable thumbs. We're tool users. Though I read a thing this very morning about crows not just using a stick. Like monkeys get sticks and get 
termites. Crows take two sticks and use two sticks together to do things. And you're like, that's a bit spooky. That's like, you know. They're building stuff. They are. It's, it's, they're getting good at it. We have yeah. to take... And look, I mean, quite a number of animals do have started using tools. And even some insects do. Yes. Tool use is simple tool use. Now, tool construction is a different thing. That's what these crows... This whole thing, I'll, I'll put the notes as well. But these crows... You give, a, you give a crow a power drill, <laughs> and it's only the thumbs thing that's stopping them from really making some amazing structures. That's right. But so, not saying damage. Yeah, they, they're really going to put up some great shelves very, very quickly. All right. Another thing about humans, language, big brain, opposable thumbs, it's our size. We're really quite a big animal. We're a great ape. Big penis. We have massive penis. We have massive for a for a primate. We really do, and uh, that's all that's keeping me going. You, you, like you can put that on Tinder, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> big penis. Open brackets for a primate. That's, close brackets. And the humans with breasts have big breasts all the time, even though other primates don't seem to play that game. Which is just something we do. But we're, we're very we're basically we're almost megafauna. I mean, there are a lot of bigger animals than us, elephants and whales and things. And, but we're quite large. We're bigger than dogs. We're bigger than many animals on the planet. I, I don't know why I just thought, I can think of one. Dogs. We're bigger than dogs. Can't think of any other animals that we're bigger than. But we do skew towards body size larger uh, than many other animals out there. You say that we're bigger than most other animals. Mm. But part of that reason is because we kept coming and killing all the big ones because they're easier to hit. That's true. There's true. They're, they're, like Australia had lots of megafauna, which be we a ate. lot more megafauna. Yeah. And we were like, you know what? I'm going to eat that. <laughs> this is a good point. That's a very good point. So, but why are humans so big? This is the question. And why have humans been getting bigger over the last, well, ho- like not, well, not Homo sapiens, but the, the genius of Homo has been getting larger so two million years. Is it because of all of the iron and magnesium? In the <laughs> uh, supposedly not. So the University of Bath and the University of Tübingen researchers have been looking at how humans, well, no, the genus of Homo has been getting larger. We'll count them all as humans and humans of some sort. So originally, two million years ago, Homo erectus were about 50 kilograms on average. And humans now, Homo sapiens sapiens, are about 70 kilograms on average across the world on the average size of a human being so we've got bigger and and that's and it's been definitely getting larger and larger and larger it's not just we're fat it, wasn't there a thing where people from japan were have, like their average size has been and height has been changing since their diet yes changed nutritionally yes diet. yes that's right so humans are getting larger. Our bodies are getting bigger. And, and there's lots of reasons why. I mean, lots of ideas like, like nutrition, as you talked about before. I mean, our brains are getting bigger as well. And so the nutrition, was it culture making us bigger? Was it climate making us bigger? What's making us larger as a species? Is it just random? Uh, so these researchers went and looked into this. Is it? Are we accidentally making doorways just a little bit taller than we are so that we don't bang our heads <laughs> and then... Our, our the normal Lamarckianism process uh-huh. is making us taller uh-huh. to meet the sure. door heads. For comedy's sake, it's really funny when people hit their heads, and therefore someone in every generation hits their head, and and uh, and they get mated with more because everyone laughs so much, and, and humor is a great way of, of of breaking the ice in a relationship. And then we build doorways just yeah. a little bit higher yeah. to facilitate True. them. And you're very tall, Dan, so you've done very well out of this. So nicely done. The ladies like to laugh at me. <laughs> Quite a big penis for a primate. 
and your breasts are impressive. The research was done on this, looking at why humans got larger and looking at where humans are now. And it's been shown that humans are bigger, and not just humans, but all animals normally get larger in colder environments. So a your body plan is, is tends towards largeness. And I mean genetically, not just you're fatter, but as in we get larger as a creature because of cold environments. And the thought... Pro- oh, yeah, you should see the kangaroos at the zoo in France. They look like, like they look like bloody wombats. <laughs> They're chubby little buggers. <laughs> Real fuzzy too. <laughs> Different so poor things. There was they're looking at this when when humans because humans have been moving out or like the Homo genus have been moving out of Africa uh, for nearly well nearly two million years and humans in, and Homo sapiens sapiens in the, up to maybe a hundred thousand years sort of coming out of Africa and the theory is that Homo sapiens and, and the Homo genus was lived through an ice age and so the ones that could survive better were the ones that were bigger that you survive better in cold environments you've got more you've got a big a bigger space to keep heat around yeah, and but and a, keep the days here and you're, you're even though your surface area is getting larger your internal volume is getting larger it's the square cubed law so a bigger body plan has more stuff inside but effectively a smaller area to radiate heat out of that's why you see mm. a lot of i'm pretty sure it's not exactly the reason but you sometimes see small people who are shivering their ass off and then you, I'm just standing there going, what's your problem? I, I'm not, I don't even need a jacket. And they're like, well, we hate you because they're, they're like 50 kilograms and you know five foot tall and I'm bigger than that. <laughs> so it's that maintaining of my body can generate more heat, but my surface area is not so much larger. I'm radiating more heat out. But you see, I heard, I heard it was different. I heard that bigger people got cold faster because even though they've got a bigger core, their blood is still passing by their by their skin. So because they've got more surface area no, they don't be... and only a certain amount of blood, mm. it's always... Not from what I've read. Maybe it's a walk of shame for one of us, mm. but in fact, I was looking at this recently and the research seems to be says bigger people are warmer people. Even, even without this evolutionary stuff, you're warmer if you're larger than someone who's smaller. We have to look us into mm. that. Because I, I know that pop culture is like, oh yeah, big people are, uh, stay warm, but that... The reason that big creatures in the Arctic stay warm is because of blubber, and blubber isn't just fat. Blubber's special fat for keeping warm. This is what I'm saying here, though. That's That can't just be the only reason, because larger creatures do tend better in colder environments. That's what the research has shown. So in evolutionary-wise, a larger creature fares better and passes on their genes more often. This seems to be why humans have become 20 kilograms heavier on average over a, a relatively short period of time. Yeah, but if you get a penguin and then you get an iguana that's twice as big and you stick them both in the Arctic, that iguana is going to turn into a popsicle. Well, yes, yes, that's that's because one's endothermic and one's exothermic, different things. But uh, <laughs> but here's the other question: is does this connect also why our brains are bigger? Maybe that's the reason we have a big brain. Maybe it's because we we lived in a colder environment. There was an ice age. We got larger, and our brains got larger as well. But that doesn't seem to correlate. It seems to be that our body plans get larger due to cold weather, or did, but our brains, there doesn't seem to be that same correlation. Big animals, otherwise you don't have lots of really brainy, hello, I'm a polar bear, I'm writing Chaucer. I'm Chaucer the polar bear. It doesn't necessarily follow that. See, the problem is if you put a million polar bears in a room with some typewriters, all they're going to do is eat the monkeys. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> Ah, Mr. Wah, thank you for meeting with me. Oh, no problem at all. 
I know that you've been looking for a construction company for your property for a while now, mm, and mm. you've been handed up the ladder because of your particular requirements. That must be quite frustrating. Uh, let me assure you that I will be able to help you today. Good. I've, I've been hunting high and low, and, and I'm very particular, very particular man. And, and sorry to, to jump this on you. Mm, mm. I love these surprise meetings. <laughs> where I don't know what I meant to say. On your form, under custom extras, you've requested something called kaiju protection. Mm. Could you explain to me what that well, is? Well, I think people are worrying far too much about climate change. When actually the problem is large monsters. We get that a lot. <laughs> well, actually the problem is large monsters coming from the sea and from the sky, and from digging from the earth. These monsters attack, and we need to protect ourselves from them. Okay, well, let's see what we can do for you. From the sea, Oh, mainly, mainly from the sea, yes. Yeah, okay. I'm sure because they're large um, body plans, they find floating quite kind of nice. And and quite, so enormous creatures coming from the sea. All right, well, let's have a look at what we can do for you so far as tsunami defence. Uh, now, obviously, the best defence is living high above sea mm. level. Mm. Uh, this will keep you safe from tsunamis, storm surges and high tides. But looking at the details of your land, this isn't really an option. Uh, so common practice is to create a concrete wall higher than the expected surge. Mm. Uh, in Japan, they have sections of walls 10 metres high in some places. Mm. Uh, they are, however, quite disruptive to coastal regions. And when they fail, they fail catastrophically. Mm. Exquisitely. Yeah, they arm your tsunami with several tons of recently demolished concrete. Mm. So we provide a scientifically supported service that builds customised hills along your beachfront. You may have heard how useful mangroves are for mitigating coastal erosion. Yes, yes. Well, these forces would be much bigger than that, and so planting a mitigation forest on these hills won't be valuable for 10 years or so. And when it comes down to it, mitigating energy is the key here. You get a one-foot-tall tsunami come through at full speed... You know what a foot is? Yes, it, it's it's an oldie school, yeah. 30 centimetres, yes. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so that comes through at full speed and it will leave very few survivors. Mm. That stuff throws cars around. Mm-hmm. So we create big hills near the coast and smaller offset hills behind so that this energy gets deflected and dampened. Mm. And, and as much as we'd like to provide aesthetically exactly what you want, these forms do need to be fairly specifically oh, shaped. Okay. Okay, now, if a one-in-a-thousand-year tsunami comes through, you're still going to have problems, but the low-to-intermediate stuff that your Godzilla or Cloverfield monster creates should be deflected. Excellent. Oh, good. Fantastic. Okay, so anything else? Uh, any other concerns with your, uh, with your, with your monster defense? Well, I mean, that, that deals with the storm surge slash tsunami, but that doesn't deal with mm. the actual monster itself, of course. If you're going to protect yourself, if you're not protecting yourself from the king of the monsters, Godzilla, what are you doing? Godzilla, mm. that's right. Mm. Great big lizard creature yes, right. yes. comes out of the sea. Fires atomic breath, yes. But, oh, yeah. Ooh, atomic mm. breath, really. Mm. Okay, well, let's talk about radiation mm. defence then. Uh, there are a lot of devices out there that d- detect and reduce radiation. Oh, and now are you vaccinated against COVID? Not yet, no. Okay, great, great. If you avoid that, we can avoid all the problems with 5G radiation. <laughs> now, Godzilla's breath. No. No. Godzilla's breath is primarily ionising radiation. Mm. So possibly we could put in a lovely water feature uh, that's at least a couple of feet thick. We'll probably work wonders. Mm -hmm. A simple boundary of lead, concrete or water would be sufficient to block the radiation. 
also will want to quickly and preferably automatically shut all ventilation in the home. The radiation cloud shouldn't infiltrate any properly built home and you won't need to replace your belongings afterwards. Excellent, thank you, yes. And of course we do the sensible thing of if we run inside and we take off our contaminated clothes and we throw them outside and then, or you get put in a chute or something and then you just have a big bath and a cleansing and then you go inside the main area, take nothing in except your own skin. Yeah, very simple. There you Excellent. go. Yes, we do encourage nudity around monsters. Oh, look! Look in my in, the, in my grand future. That's everyone will be as naked as Godzilla. He doesn't wear pants. She doesn't wear pants. It doesn't wear pants. Okay. And they just, don't wear pants. And just yell at them from the top window. It's actually quite big for a primate. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now Godzilla, very heavy monster. Uh, so mm. uh, his footsteps are going to register pretty clearly on a moment of magnitude scale. Mm. Yes. Yes. Pop. Pop. But. Uh, something <laughs> something like your Muto Prime is definitely mm. capable of initiating a full-scale earthquake. So earthquake resistance is something to consider. There are mm. three options here. Your shock absorbers. You build right, the yes. whole building on a platform that dampens the lateral shift of the ground. This effectively turns the seismic wave energy into heat energy, stops your building mm. from falling over. Excellent. I love it. Okay. Second yes. option is your, your tune mass dampener or your giant mm. pendulum. The lateral motion of a tall building shifts one way, but the heavy pendulum inside stays still. Then, as the pendulum catches up to the building, the building bounces in the opposite direction. If tuned correctly, the pendulum swings opposite the building movement and keeps the centre of gravity mostly static. This keeps the building from toppling, but is much more useful in already built structures. Now, finally, you've got your seismic invisibility cloak. Sorry? <laughs> your seismic invisibility cloak. It's not quite yeah, look, as... Look, I, I, didn't, I didn't hire you to uh, come up with rubbish... Magical rubbish. I, I came for science. Okay. Well, when I'm fighting my kaiju, I need science. Okay. I, I'm, I'm very upset by this. Okay. It's not quite as exciting or as fantastical as it sounds. Oh, uh, it involves mm. large plastic rods embedded in the surrounding landscape that deflect and channel the seismic waves. It cloaks Ooh. the structure you're protecting by bouncing that energy either downwards or sideways to your less fortunate neighbours. Oh, good. They're terrible people. I hate them. Oh, I was going to actually ask, I was going to ask, actually, could you shape the hills for the tsunami to funnel the tsunami onto their property? That might actually solve some problems. Well, I'll see what we can do. Right, thank you. Thank you. Good. Yes. Okay. So uh, these, are, these seem to be mostly the, um, the, 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 the earth-based things that we need to account for. Mm-hmm. Mm. You did mention that some of these monsters come from the air. Oh, I look, I made a terrible mistake. I went hiking as a young man and to a volcano in Japan and I, I was caught, unfortunately, up on that mountain. It was a sacred mountain and I really needed to go to the toilet and unfortunately I pooped in the mountain and upset Rodan and Rodan now has, has declared that I will be destroyed and when Rodan bursts from the volcano, Rodan is going to fly to wherever I am and devour me. Should have mentioned that. I'm sorry. Yes. Rodan. Let me just look that one up. Mothra is my friend. <laughs> Rodan. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That'll work. So you didn't know which. Sorry, you didn't know Rodan. <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, Rodan. Uh, obviously. So Mothra is your friend. Oh, that could come in handy. I'm surprised you didn't bring that up earlier. But oh well, we, can, uh, like, we might be Mothra's able to incorporate that in. Mothra and I, are, we're, we're all drinking buddies. Okay. So, but Rodan, obviously... Uh, yeah. Too many nectars, you know what I'm saying? Huh. Mm. Just... 
Okay, so for this, we need protection from the wind. We've done a lot of work with cyclone-resistant construction. If you could choose your build location in lieu of a geological structure, i.e. nestled amongst mm-hmm. a hill, that can keep a mm-hmm. great amount of the atmospheric energy away. Uh, and you're building hills. This is perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, genius. You want simple shapes on your roof. You want a nice mm-hmm. big flat surface so there's no concentration of pressure. Mm-hmm. So don't build it too flat or too steep. About 40-degree angle should keep the roof from being lifted by the enormous wind that's created by Rodan. So are you implying that I should build a, a big pyramid on top of a, of a wobbly platform with a pendulum inside? I love it. I still want this roof to be fixed to the, uh, the, to the structure itself. We don't mm-hmm. want it lifting away from it. The stronger it's all attached, the less likely it's going to come away in pieces. Mm. Okay, mm. open up the windows on the other side of the house to reduce pressure buildup. And if you can, plant trees around to create windbreaks, though not too close to the home. Otherwise, I worry that Godzilla will come over, grab one of the sticks or trees, and then use it to, like termites, like uh, anteaters, or sorry, monkeys use uh, to get uh, termites out. They'll stick it to the window and st- squish us and then eat us off the stick. Yeah, is that is is that are, are you Godzilla's primary food source? I I like to think I am. I'm a very rich and powerful person. I'm assuming everything is about me. I he Godzilla would eat fish, right? He'd be like a he'd, he'd eat fish like whales eat krill. Well, I guess so, but but he, I don't think he's doing it. People, I mean, humans can eat all sorts of things. We eat a lot of you know, Doritos because they're tasty. I'm very tasty, and also I'm friends with Mothra, and Mothra and Godzilla are friends. It's a whole love triangle thing. I really don't want to go into it right now. Right, all right, all right. All right. I didn't realize jealousy was one of the things we were going to have to account for. <laughs> okay, um, so that all of these various cyclone defences uh, all work for cyclonics wind speeds, though we may need mm. to revisit this with uh, wind speeds that Rodan and Mothra are capable of creating, mm. measuring... Mm. Let me just look this up. Four times the highest wind speed ever officially recorded from the inside of an F5 tornado. Mm. All right, we may have to mm. revisit that one. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, and finally, uh, as you point Mothra's out... Mothra's parties get rowdy. They do get ah, rowdy. Yeah. Uh, just turn the lights off. <laughs> yes. It's... But if it's not a full moon, what are you going to do? Ah. It's, it's a big problem. Okay, so the building does need to be constructed very strongly mm-hmm. because these creatures are quite heavy. So a standard oh, kaiju yeah. is going to mm. clock in at around 175,000 tonnes mm. uh, mm. with a single footprint of around 320 square metres. Let's call that uh, 775 PSI. Uh, that's about <laughs> 5.4 megapascals or the, about the bite strength of a kalangal. An elephant imparts around 75 psi pressure on the ground, but a woman in high heels imparts closer mm. to 1,700 when all her weight is on the heel. Mm, interesting. Mothra does like wearing high heels. But uh, crucially, six legs, so well, yes, spread that's out does, over. Spread out a bit more. Okay. True, true. And, she, and she flies most of the time. Mm. Okay. With these sort of forces, I would probably aim to dissuade you from building... Hmm. Actually, let me rephrase this. Are you a big fan of nice big windows? Oh, I love them. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to change that because well, you're mm. going to be underground. Oh. Now, heavy vehicles have been known to trap and or crush the burrows of animals, especially crabs, under sand or mammals under snow. So if you're going to rely on the strength of the surface material that you're, if you've embedded your building in, uh, mm-hmm. I would probably 
want to find one that resists 775 PSI in pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not too hard. Concrete has a PSI of several thousand, so long as it's thick Excellent. enough. Phew. Excellent, good. But I'd want to avoid anything porous to avoid soil liquefaction. Ooh, okay. yes, that sounds that sounds uh, messy. Yeah, so all this sounds pretty good to you? Uh, I'm loving it. I yeah. love, look, uh, look it's fine. Wonderful. I'll get round it. I'll, I'll have a walking track. I can go out, or maybe a nice big screen and cameras, and you can see what's going on. Wonderful, wonderful. So, so what city is it that you're living in currently? Um, at the moment, I'm in Perth, in Western Australia. Perth. Perth, Australia. Yes. yes. So nowhere near the Pacific Rim. Well, no, the Indian. Get the Indian fuck Indian. out of my office. Goddamn oh. time-wasting sons of fucking... Welcome to the Walk of Shame. In the Walk of Shame, you, the audience, hear us say stuff and go, that doesn't sound right. And then you look it up and you're like, yeah, that's not right. Which hasn't been <laughs> yeah. happening that often recently. No, which we, I'm surprised. because We I'm haven't been pretty getting th- a lot. And when we do, we look it up and go, oh, you you messed up. So don't wait. Yeah. No time wasters, please. <laughs> like, like for, We love you contacting us. We're always we, happy to we get... We love you contacting us. But if you're doing yep. Walk of Shame, you got to put yeah. some of the legwork in. Don't just yeah, lump yeah, it yeah. on me. Because yeah, I will, we, I will call you out. <laughs> wow, I'm the well. Wow, I didn't realize we were good host, bad host. That's amazing. In fact, I'm good host. is wonderful. That's I like this game. Surprising. <laughs> I'm the good host. Yay! I we only have one walk of shame this week, and I mm-hmm. and even then I wasn't really gonna I wasn't gonna mention it. Mm-hmm. But Steve Stewart threw out that one of us misspoke and said when ice freezes instead of. When water freezes into ice. And when one of us, you mean you. I, d- I didn't get who it was. No, it was I you. You said it. I guess. Dan, well, sure, I guess. Okay, the implication here is that <laughs> ice can't freeze because mm-hmm. it's already ice. Right, yes. Okay. But if I have a Slurpee mix and I run it through a Slurpee machine, mm. I end up with an ice slurry. Mm. Like I, it's, 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 a, it's a frozen drink. Mm-hmm. But if I put that in the freezer, that ice slurry becomes solid ice. You would say Ooh. that both instances are the process of freezing. It's, I guess, is it becoming one, mm. one well, form? What's the? Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Mm. Yes. Now, is it, it is is a slurry? I just before you go on, yeah, is a slurry actually ice crystals embedded in a liquid medium? Uh, I guess it would. I guess it would have to be. Otherwise, it'd be like an ice shale. Yeah, it would just be a lump of ice. So there must be still liquid in there. So it's not the ice that's freezing. It's the liquid that's freezing. There's definitely still energy in there. Yes, yeah. Well, okay. yes. Which could freeze. Now, if you've if you've got water that's just colder... Energy that can freeze. Don't say that. We're going to get another walk of shame. Yeah, energy that can leave. Yes, that's yes. right. <laughs> okay. But if you've got water that's just colder than 32 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which oh. in Celsius is... Oh, let me... God. Let me work zero that out. degrees Celsius. Stop it. Zero, zero, about zero. All right. Thanks. It... Cool. Great. Okay. So ice that's just below the freezing point has a Mohs hardness of about one point five. Make mm-hmm. that ice colder. Say negative forty degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which in Celsius is um oh, it's negative forty. Oh, that's, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Great. Okay. So let me work this. It's out. Where they meet. Let's work this out. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. I hate you so much. As that as that water ice gets colder, its hardness increases. Mm. By the time the ice's temperature drops to negative one hundred and ten degrees Fahrenheit or negative oh. eighty degrees Celsius, the Mohs hardness has risen to six, harder than many rocks. 
Mm-hmm. It's getting harder because the energy in the system is leaving. It's the same mechanism throughout. You could say that the process of that ice getting harder <laughs> and harder could be described as when ice freezes. Oh, uh, I, I know what you're saying, and I like it. I love the. I don't know if it's even technically correct. So, because the the term freezing scientifically is, a, I'm going to read it here. Freezing is a phase transition where a liquid turns into a solid when its temperature is lowered below its freezing point. So, uh, in accordance with the internationally established definition, freezing means the solidification phase change of a liquid or a liquid content of a substance, usually due to cooling can be due to pressure. So I don't know, Dan, I know it, it's getting harder. And, and that's a very good point, actually. Like you go to Titan, the, the moon of Saturn, and there's water ice as, as the surface and there are hydrocarbon seas. That's harder than rock because it's negative, negative 200, uh, 200 degrees Celsius or negative 150 degrees Celsius, something like that. Very, very cold. It's very hard, but I don't know if it's freezing in the definition of freezing. Mm. Guess I'll go for a walk <laughs> when ice freezes. <laughs> it's, yeah, we were, I've been walking this walk for like over a decade now. It is kidding. It's kidding. It's mo hardness is low because it is getting <laughs> real shiny where we're you walking could, along it. You could cut a diamond on our walks of shame. Do you know you burn diamond? They're just carbon. It's, it's just it's, it's carbon. Just tiny coal. You just, you yep. gotta get it hot enough, but it'll just turn into smoke. That's fucking crazy that we spend so much money on something you can just put in a fire and it's gone. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. And the other sexy voice in your ear is Greg at smartenough.org. Uh, you know what? You don't you don't need to follow us or anything. That's, no, no. Not this time. Well, you, not this time. You, you, take have a, day, have a week off. Yeah, yeah enjoy yeah. yourself. Easy. Just, 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 just tell other people to do it. Yeah. Now, if you want to support us, um, well, don't you want to be special? Don't you want mm. to be part of a select group of beloved Oof. people by us, Ugh. Greg and Dan? Yes, people who work on our comedy blimp, scrubbing yeah. the decks, yeah. to polishing our portholes, yeah. raising the mizzen engine. Yeah, the mizzen engine that goes right mm. up the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right up the well, mizzen. If you want to be special, then for God's sake, don't tell anyone about this podcast. We know so many of you personally Uh. and respond almost every time you reach out. We want you guys to fade into the background as we're joined by several hundred thousand other people who, statistically, we'll love more than you. So please, (laughs) so if you want to be stay special, don't tell anyone about the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We would prefer you did, but obviously, we're biased. We're giving this very mixed message. It's a very, very mixed message. We're kind of like a, a flaky, flaky boyfriend slash girlfriend at this point. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping podcast negging will work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people that's have why, been... Su- that's why I'm wearing a trilby and an, or an onion on my belt. And I'm only going to approach the listeners from 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock. And I realize as I move my head around the microphone, you can't notice what I'm doing there. And uh, just to keep them confused, I'm wearing fisherman's pants. So uh, a big thank to our patrons from our Comedy Blimp crew, who are Andrew Potts, Christopher Ravel, Granny Maguire, Matthew Toy, Britta Rogowski, Avi Greenbury, Elizabeth Yunkin, Ivan, Ilana Mitchell, Phil Holland, Andrew Whitehurst, Lindsay Jenkinson, Matt Ewers, and someone who says that their name is 
interview Valsh on cognitive dissonance, but I'm going to assume is Steve E. Uh, so I looked into who Valsh was, and I didn't know who Valsh was, and now I do. So thanks a lot, Steve E. Now I know who Valsh is. Nice. All right. But, you know, Dan, there's other people as well. There are other people who... There are other people. And they, they have the temerity. They have the audacity. They think they're so good that they're going to give us the top tier. They're going to give us $15 a month. And I am so angry about this level of amazing support. I am so angry mm-hmm. that once again you are required yep. to destroy them with insults. Yes. Yes. So I went on YouTube to see if any of our top tier patrons have been posting anything that I can judge. And I mm. hit pay dirt. Ooh! <laughs> I went to youtube.com backslash Sean Seifkin. Oh, my goodness. And this account has one video with <gasps> 41 views. Oh, that's, that's and good. I'm, and I'm going to sh- say to Sean Seifkin, your video game looks dumb and your Japanese hijoni waru desu. So that, the link to that YouTube channel will be in the show notes. <laughs> Uh, do I, I? I don't know what you just said. Then I don't speak Japanese. So uh, are we? Oh, that, are we going to get in trouble? Uh, that's Japanese for is not very good. Oh, okay, very good. Okay. Uh, Steve Stewart, YouTube mm. slash Steve Stewart, one video with ten views. Ah. Uh, to which I say you should feel very bad about liking an ABBA mega mix. <laughs> this is this is your Waterloo, Steve. Yes. ABBA songs should be appreciated in their completion, and to snip them up ruins the whole point. Mm, mm. Okay. Mikel <laughs> Kidar. This is so weirdly personal. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what, that's what they paid for. That's actually for you to hunt them down. That's and not weird at all. Mikel Kidar. Uh, and as much as I've been trying to get his name correct ever since mm. he went out of his way to do it, uh, you'll be pleased, Mikel, uh, that every time I get it wrong... My French-speaking wife, who recognises European accents better than I do, pulls me up on it every <laughs> single time. You're still saying mm. his name wrong, Dan. You're still saying his name wrong, Dan. The, the frog princess, I, I realise that I can't say her name. She, for years, I've known this wonderful human being for so long, and I still can't say her name correctly. Ah, nearly, nearly. <laughs> it's not a good look. It's not a good look. But at least I've got a large penis for that's a well, well, for, for, for a primate, that's right, yes. Okay. Okay, so Mick, <laughs> YouTube slash Mikhail Kadar. Oh, my goodness. Uh, one video with 288 views. Ooh, what an influencer. Yeah? Well, no. no. Uh, to which I say, your three-and-a-half-hour slideshow about financial literacy that's completely in the Czech language and has no illustrations at all really starts to get a bit dry after the first two hours. <laughs> so the link to that will be in the show notes. And finally, Tom Seary has 23 videos, 3,000 <gasps> subscribers, over a million views. Oh, my. That is an influencer. Yeah, and it's quite obviously a different Tom Seary. Oh, okay. Fine. okay. Even more obvious in hindsight. So, a big thank you to those people who have paid so much money to be uh, insulted every single podcast. Okay, and a big thanks to the other top-tier patrons who no longer require insults. (laughs) 
That is Al Batson, Michael Barnes, Morton O'Hare, Scott Driscoll, and Eric Wilson. And can I just say, appreciating you guys is super easy. Barely an inconvenience. <laughs> this has been a Smart Enough production in tandem with That's Not Canon. And as we always like to say, large penis for a primate! Making p p p sounds there. Yeah. p p p p Don't just use words with the letter P in it, hey, no, no just, just like It's like the opposite of a toilet. Nothing, nothing that begins with P. Right. Yes. That's very good. That's the problem. Right. I, I look over to you and I, I get distracted by myself because I'm so pretty. So... You see, I have the same problem, but reversed. It's weird. <laughs> That's why I've, I've put blinkers on myself. So I've taken a piece of paper... <laughs> And I put it over the screen. There you go. So now I can't be... like a horse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm like, oh, I guess I'll have to look at... Damn. Okay. I hate, I hate a TV at a pub. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I need to get one of them TV Be Gone remotes. Cycle through 200 off codes. Yeah. When were you last at a pub with a TV? Back in 1997. <laughs> Probably 2020, <laughs> maybe around February time. Can't think of why I haven't been back. Yeah. <laughs> it's been funny, without going into the politics of it all, but, but watching a politician who decided, oh, I'm going to shit on everyone else for doing the wrong thing, and then hubris, like mighty, mighty hubris, comes <laughs> back and goes, Rubber! Madam Premier, I'm sorry to bring this up. But at the same time, your 100-foot statue of yourself in the desert, there's been an accident. <laughs> That's right. I... Sorry, start that again. Ah! <laughs> I'm being spun around by science. You spin me he's, right... He's, he's being eaten by a shark, dragged <laughs> past the, 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 the screen. even started the show this is not this this is just the this is the this is the bit before the start of the show this is incredible yeah but we don't have much of that no no so. it's fine it's i just love the fact that we we're just breaking norms dan we're just out there we're just smashing yeah we're just like yeah how do you constantly reinventing oh, ourselves just, as a podcast after 10 years we're just we're just fresh fresh as a sexy daisy a, a what sorry <laughs> you heard me you flower fucking freak well they are the sex organs of plants what are you rubbing your stigma all over them? Look, don't... Your gametes have got to get this somehow. That's all I'm saying. Okay, when your parents explained the story of the birds and the bees, they got too literal. Right. <laughs> I blew up a lot of bees. So hang on, I'm a bee? I've got to rub myself against a flower. Got it. Better find some erotic flowers. All flowers are erotic, Dan. It's one of the weird things... Orchids are. I, I, I once... A friend of mine, she pointed out that... I never got flowers... Never understood them. When boys give me flowers, they're the literally the dead sex organs of plants. <laughs> Did you? I mean, yeah, that yeah, that's the point. Yeah, you're making, yeah, it's, it's like organs, yeah, genitals, genitals. Eh? Eh? That like I just want you to understand that what's on my mind yep. and what I hope is on your mind is some of these. Yep. If you, some of these guys. If you really want to, later on, I'm happy to take my clothes off and you're more than welcome to cut off my reproductive organs and hand them to someone else. Again, your parents did not explain this properly to you. 
Isn't it like snails? You have to, you have to, uh, were they lantern fish? Are your parents lantern fish? <laughs> you have to, you have to launch your snail penis into the other, harpoon them, and then the, and that's how you, and then, and then your penis gets ripped off, and you leave your penis inside the other snail. It's a magical ritual. It's, 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 it's gorgeous. And that's where babies come from. <laughs> what are we talking about Trauma. again? How did, we, how did we get here? Is, is that the truth? The truth is much more painful. <laughs> I won't, we won't go into it. <laughs> They said that tall people don't get as cold, fat people don't get as cold, men don't get as cold as women. So then you can join all those together. So and men are generally taller than, like, statistically yeah. taller than women. And the top half of the room is going to be warmer than the bottom half of the room. <laughs> Have you not seen the King of the Monsters, Dan? Good lord! I, I don't watch these movies. Big, big saw, monsters come and beat people. I saw the, I saw the 1996 one with Matthew Broderick, which, as I assume everyone says, is the best. Yes. <laughs> That's, that is the general consensus. And I saw the one a couple of years ago with um, with that guy like from Breaking Bad. And then yes. about 20 minutes in, I st- suddenly stopped being invested. And I don't, <laughs> I don't remember what was- happened in the movie, but... <laughs> 